Hello and welcome to episode number 22 of Off The Block Swimming Podcast. Thank you all for downloading our show today, wherever you are listening to us. I'm your host, Robbie Cox. Now, before we get to our guest today, I just wanted to give all the listeners out there a massive thank you for your consistent support and loyalty over the last two years, but in particular, the last four months. Now, you will note that two years ago, I used to start the podcast with Australia's number one swimming podcast, and I haven't been doing that in season two because we did have the two years break, and I didn't think it was right given all the great work that the other swimming podcasts had been doing out there. However, 22 episodes into season two and almost 20,000 downloads later, I am very proud to report that we are once again Australia's number one swimming podcast, which is very humbling to learn. And I, I don't tell you guys this to boast, I promise. I tell you to thank you very, very much because if you guys don't download and listen, these sorts of things do not happen. The stars of the pool do not want to come on the show. The sponsors that we're starting to get do not want to come on the show. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you very, very much for making the show a massive success. This is just the beginning of a very exciting journey we're all about to go on with the show and I'm very happy that you guys get to come on this fun ride with me. Now on to today's fantastic guest and for the second time this season we head to the west to speak to Com Games medalist and WA star of the pool Mr. Zach Inserti. Really excited for you guys to hear this chat. I had a chat with Zach about two weeks ago on the phone. He had a great story to tell. He was very entertaining also, but do not let his comedic skills fool you. He still does his best work in the pool, and we will go through all of that as well as check on how he's tracking, getting back in the pool, and his road to the 2021 Tokyo Olympics. So get your snacks ready because this very entertaining episode 22 with Mr. Zach Inserti starts now. Away they go. No problems with the start. There is two 100s in the second in it. Gary Hall Jr., the extrovert, and Ian Thorpe battling it out down the pool. Thorpe is starting to go away from him. Oh, he's blowing him away now. Thorpe's gone more than a metre on Van der Noeken's hand. But the sinister of all eyes. Joining us today on the show is a West Australian swimmer who at the 2018 Commonwealth Games on the Gold Coast came away with his first major international medal with a bronze in the men's 50 metre backstroke. He is also a man who, whilst doing my research on him, found on a page that uh, he answered a question under language spoken and he replied, ping pong table. <laughs> so it's a very big warm welcome to Off the Block Swimming podcast to Mr. Zach Inserti. Zach, how are you, mate? <laughs> Thanks, Robbie. Great introduction there. Um, look, I don't have much to say about the ping pong table answer, but I am a mean ping pong tabler. So yeah. if there's anyone that wants to challenge me, doors open. Go for it. Mate, I, I, we're just talking about it before. I, I just didn't know where it came from, and I thought I've got to bring this up because it's such a random, it's such a random answer. Yeah. 
I, to be honest, I can't remember <laughs> even answering that ever. So, look, I impress myself sometimes with my answers. So, <laughs> there you go. Well, that's certainly a first for me, and I've I've written it down <laughs> as uh, one of my favourite answers of all time. Um, <laughs> mate, I'm coming to you from uh, Sydney today. Where have we caught you? Uh, in Perth. Perth, WA is where I'm based. So, getting a bit cold now in the weather. So, but I think. Sydney's a bit harsher as well, so I don't know what I'm complaining about. But uh, Man, yeah, I'd, I'd I'd probably take the Perth weather. I mean, it's it's pretty nice over there. I mean, obviously you get a bit of the wind coming up, but yeah. Other than that, it's not yeah. too bad. Yeah, and even like when it does get uh, a bit later on in the year, when it does get quite cold, there's still you know the sun still comes out a bit more, so it's quite nice actually. If you um, yeah, if you look on the positive side of it, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the rain is, is pretty harsh and yeah. the storms and stuff, so, yeah. Mate, there's a lot going on at the moment with all the self-isolation stuff, and I'm not 100% sure of, of what's going on over in the WA, but I can assume that it's fairly similar. Um, yeah. You know, how have you been coping with, with isolation and having to stay inside and all that sort of stuff? Um, oh, mate, to be honest, I've, you know, at, at the start I was kind of, it was... I was kind of like taking it as a bit of a laugh, like kind of everyone's in the same boat. And, um, you know, yeah, it was kind of like it was, I was kind of in a bit of fun with it. Like I was posting some pretty funny videos on Instagram and stuff like that, trying to get people laughing and stuff like that, kind of pretty positive mood. Um, but, yeah, I mean, as as a lot of things, I mean, it kind of catches up with you and you kind of uh, you have a lot of time to think, obviously, when you're in your thoughts and things like that. And, you know, it, it can definitely take a bit of a toll as I'm sure a lot of people out there are, um, you know, feeling the same way. So in that respect, I think it's good that, you know, you're not the only one feeling, you know, down or, you know, you're up in your head and you know, you're kind of overthinking a lot of things because obviously you're by yourself and things like that. So in that way, it is good that you can relate to a lot of people. And um, so, yeah, I think for me, I'm just trying to, um, yeah, keep myself busy, um, you know, trying to learn new things. Like, I'm trying to paint, which Ooh, is pretty cool. Nice. Um, yeah. So, you know, there's things like that that have kind of unlocked a lot of things for me that I didn't know I could do. So, yeah, I was a lot of positives, but yeah. I was going to ask you, you know, obviously yeah. in these sort of times, people are reading books, doing puzzles, yeah. uh, on house party. I mean, what, what else are you, have you been getting on house party? Have you been, you know, doing the puzzles? What, what else have you been doing other than painting? Yeah, well, yeah, I uh, just finished a uh, a Beatles cover puzzle, which nice. was uh, pretty cool. Nice. Um, and yeah, I think yeah, house party was obviously pretty big for a couple of weeks there, but I think it's kind of died down oh, a little bit. Um, I'm too yeah. old for it, mate. So I never really got involved. I just <laughs> like to ask the yeah. youngins the questions. That's all. <laughs> that's yeah. Well, that's the thing. But I think uh, I think Zoom's pretty good as well. Yeah. Like a lot of people are doing that kind of stuff. And I mean, you know, FaceTime isn't broken, so. You can still kind of use all that kind of stuff, but um, you mentioned Zoom there. Um, talk to me about how you've been staying connected with your with your team and your coach. Have you been having meetings on Zoom? Have you got a WhatsApp group? How's that been going? Yeah, um, so we use uh, we actually use Microsoft Team with Waste, so um, it gives us a chance to obviously pass documents as well through the chat. So we have a meeting just to catch up every Sunday um, with my coach, Michael Palfrey, and, uh, yeah, just the squad members, and we kind of just go around the room and say what we did that week. And, you know, obviously, 
And to be honest, when you have, you know, the opportunity to tell people what you've done that week, you kind of don't want to say I've done nothing. So mm-hmm. it kind of makes you, yeah. you know, get it busy and yeah. do do things like that. So, um, yeah, in that respect, it kind of makes me try and be a bit more active and try and get busy and try and come up with, you know, something to make people smile and laugh and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's kind of, in that respect, it's pretty cool that we get to, you know, still stay connected in a time like this. Mate, you talk about what you've been doing during the week and a lot of people, obviously, um, you must be living under a rock if you're not looking on Instagram and seeing people doing training programs and every day yeah. I'm seeing somebody doing something different. What, what about yeah. yourself? How has your weekly program looked at the moment? Are you going, you know, hell for leather? Or are you sort of taking a more measured approach? Give us a little look into your week. Yeah, um, so I'm trying to – I'm just doing gym three times a week um, and then – Every other day, I'm trying to do a bit of cardio, so a bit of running and uh, a bit of ocean swimming. But I don't think, um, yeah, I think that it's really important not to overdo yourself and because uh, it's quite easy to do, obviously, when you're not as tired from training and things like that. So, But I think it's really important just to kind of keep the consistency. So when you, if you go overboard, obviously, it's quite hard to keep consistent. So I think for me mentally just trying to keep consistent as i can through that program and uh yeah try not to change too many things try not to you know overdo a lot of things um but yeah obviously it's a good time to you know work on weaknesses as well so for me that's my glute and my core so um yeah definitely trying to overemphasize on you know doing a lot of glute exercises and a lot of core so yeah that's kind of me in a week Mate, you with, mentioned uh, there the ocean swim i mean how cold is it out there is it is it still warm enough to get to get out there? Yeah, uh, it can get pretty cold, but I have a uh, I have an old surfing wetsuit, oh, okay. so nice. I just pop that on. Yeah, so that's uh, it's very good. But um, yeah, we kind of just use the shark nets out there. Yeah, um, I was going to say you and, need uh, them over there, wouldn't you? Oh, absolutely, mate. Yeah, which to be honest, if that can stop a shark, <laughs> I'd be very surprised. But um, yeah, no, nah, it's it's very good. Good. Mate, the Olympics got pushed back to, to 2021, which we all know. What effect yep. has that had on you mentally, you know, in your preparation for trying to make the team? Was it something you kind of had to adjust on? I mean, yeah. you know, so many different stories around this. I mean, yeah. you've got people who I guess were looking at this year as maybe their last year and now they've got to, you know, reconsider whether they want to keep going. Yeah, uh, definitely. People who were injured and now they see it as a silver lining. You know, how did it yeah. affect you? Um, oh, yeah, I mean, you know, after after Gold Coast in 2018, um, I'd suffered a pretty, uh, not a bad back injury, but it kind of just, it was just a, a niggle and it kind of just kept going and it wasn't really getting better. And, you know, I had to get a lot of cortisones and, um, you know, things like that. And it kind of really, you know, knocked my confidence down a fair bit during 2019. And, you know, coming into this season, um, Again, I was kind of still having problems with it and things like that. So, I mean, and but I was finding form as well and I was finding a bit of confidence and I was getting really consistent with my training. But I just, I thought that, you know, it was going to be touch and go this year to make the Olympics. So, I mean, but in saying that, I, you know, I was still up for the challenge this year and I was still, you know, getting very, you know, ready for trials. And, you know, I did uh, New South Wales and Sydney, the States there, a uh, couple of months 
ago. Yeah, when was February. that? Do you know when that was? February, yeah. So Just before all of I'm, the craziness started, mate. I think that was the last meet that uh, we, we were actually allowed to go through with. That's it, yeah, because yeah. I remember everyone was getting a bit like, oh, why are we here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. None <laughs> of the coaches were shaking hands. They were all That's tapping it. heels, which yeah. was super weird. <laughs> it was weird. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I was kind of finding a bit of form there. But, um, I mean, yeah, I don't – you know, it's a, it, I'm glad that they did postpone it because I yeah. think it would have been weird to, yeah. you know, if they had it gone on to this season. Um, but – yeah, in my head, I was always thinking it's going to be on, it's going to be on, it's going to be on until I, until they came out and said, look, we're going to postpone it. So, yeah, I mean, I don't really know if that answers your question, but I think, um, yeah, I just think it's a good idea that they've, that they've yeah. postponed it for sure. Mate, yeah. A lot of people are stuck in their houses at the moment, which we've just discussed, and it's it's presenting yeah. its own challenges, especially in yeah. my house with my crazy people I live with. <laughs> Um, is there anyone from the Australian team uh, or your own, you know, training team over there that you wouldn't want to get stuck in isolation with? Look, if you ask this to other people, it would probably be me. I'm not going to lie. But, <laughs> Bit uh, of a pest, are you, mate? Mate, try not to be. But, you know, if you ask, if you ask people like Alex Graham and Kyle Chalmers, they'll tell you differently. So, um. I think to return to favour, I'm probably going to have to say Kyle Chalmers or Alex yeah, Graham. Yeah, I'd yeah. probably hate that for sure. Yeah, definitely. So, <laughs> boys, if you're listening, uh, I apologise. <laughs> Mate, what do you enjoy most about swimming when you were younger up in, up in Broome, a young Zach? What what sort of, um, you know, brought you closer to swimming? I think the heat, mate, to be honest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Got fairly hot That's in Broome. That's a great answer. Maybe yeah. it was just stinking hot outside. Absolutely. And I to get yeah. in the pool. So, yeah. And I, like, obviously with Broome, you have the beautiful beaches up yeah. there. So, all I did in my childhood was uh, surf club, like nippers every Sunday. Mm-hmm. So, it was just that so I can get in the water there. And then, um, yeah, I joined uh, the Broome Barracuda Swimming Club when I was eight years of age. Um and yeah, I think it was just an excuse for, you know, kids like me just to get out of the heat and, uh, you know, get in that water. And um, I mean, yeah, I just enjoyed, you know, just being with other kids and, um, you know, just staying active. I don't think I, you know, really thought too much into, you know, the future of this sport. I think I was just having a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, I think it's very easy to have fun when you're doing it with other kids and, you know, you're just enjoying it. Um, yeah. Hey, who were your heroes growing up? Were there any swimmers that you, you know, you looked up to? Oh, I mean, you have the classic ones like Ian Thorpe, Grant Hackett, Michael Klim. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I still rewatch that 2004 by 100 freestyle relay to this day, and yeah. it still gives me goosebumps. You know, there's moments like that where, you know, really brought swimming into Australia and it brought that, you know, that culture of swimming into Australia during that time, which was just awesome. And the way that they, you know, put the nation on their backs and could still perform under that high pressure, um, you know, it makes me, you know, just want to do the same. Do you know what I mean? And Absolutely. I, and, mate, you hear yeah, the backstories of it with, you know, Thorpey, you know, nearly missing the race because he was absolutely. <laughs> trying to get his suit on and all that sort of stuff. Crazy. I mean, I've had people, and I don't know if you've listened much to the show, but obviously that race is yeah. all over the opener. 
of of the show. Oh. Um, and I've yeah. had people say I only listen to the podcast just at the beginning, just to hear the replays of of that <laughs> race. So um, yeah, yeah I, I agree with you. And I spoke to Michael Klim the other week, and and we you know spoke yeah. at length about that race. And to me, I was getting goosebumps yeah. just listening to him talk oh. about it. It's like top five, or if not top three, like best Australian moments in sporting history. And, you know, you can't, you can never take that back. And it's just awesome that it's to do with swimming. Absolutely. Now, mate, I I read that your coach, uh, Michael Powfrey, actually discovered you up in Broome and and brought you down to the uh, WAIS to train with you, to train with him. Sorry. How did that come about? Well, um, so I, was so I had graduated high school. Um, so I boarded in Perth for five years, mm-hmm. um, and I never really took swimming that serious. Like I couldn't really be consistent with it, obviously, because I was boarding in Perth, and then I'd come back up to Broome during the holiday. So I'd have a two-week holiday in Broome, and I'd um, kind of just train, and then I'd go back to Perth for whatever six weeks or whatever. Um, but yeah, so I graduated school, um, and then I came back up to Broome, and I just, yeah, I was just training again, uh, pretty consistently. And uh, you know, back when we were in Broome, like if we were to say, oh, "Are you preparing for?" Like you'd never say, "Are you preparing for nationals?" It'd be, "Are you preparing for WA states?" Like that was our big meet in Broome, yeah. and you know, it sounds pretty stupid to say it now, but that's just what it was. Like we were that disconnected from, you know, the rest of swimming. Mm. Um, that we didn't really know, you know, what was a really big meet. So I'd taper for WA states and things like that. And so we finally went down. And to be honest, I don't think it was WA states. I think it was an actual, like it was a meet just before, like a kind of preparation one. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just a little local meet. But I knew that Waste were doing like a like a, a program thing after the meet. So we're just with all the regional swimmers and things like that. So I had a knowledge that I was going to stay on and kind of do this you know, whatever this was, this workshop thing, whatever you want to call it. Um, but yeah, so I did my races and things like that. And then afterwards we had like a sit down with Yoline Cookler mm-hmm. at the time she was with Mick and, uh, yeah, she was just coming off, you know, her Olympic stunt stint in London. I think, yeah, I think it would have been 20 late 2013. I think I, we had that chat with her. Um, and then, yeah, literally, like, from that meeting room, we walked to the pool and uh, Michael just said out of the blue to a group of, like, broom people and she's like, oh, which one's Zach? And I was like, oh, yeah, that's, that's me. <laughs> and he was like, he was like, oh, yeah, that was, uh, that was a pretty was a pretty good 50 backstroke you did. And I was like, oh, thanks, mate. And he was like, oh, yeah, that wasn't wasn't a great 100 backstroke, that wasn't. I was like, yeah, I didn't, yeah thanks, mate. Appreciate that. Um yeah, kind of just like, oh, cool, like, yeah. no worries, whatever. Didn't really talk to him much after that. And then, yeah, we kind of did the training session and things like that. And um, after the training session, he kind of just pulled me aside and was like, oh, look, I think you have a lot of potential. And, um, you know, basically I want you to move down and train train with me. Mm. And, you know, I went back up to Broome for maybe a month, packed up everything. And uh, moved down, so yeah, I think the rest is is pretty is history, I guess. So I know you're already sort of boarding down here, but was it was it something you had to think much about, or was was uh, it just a yes straight away? Or yeah, um, 
I think I said yes straight away, but I think when I, you know, when I spoke to mum, she was just like, oh, okay, like this is a bit, because <laughs> yeah. it's obviously a pretty big move. Yeah. But, um, I mean, when, you know, considering that I was based, I was, yeah, pretty much based in Perth for five years, I still had, you know, all my friends kind of stayed down here and things like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was kind of just more about getting where I'm going to stay and things like that. So I ended up moving in with my grandparents, which is very nice of them to do that. Mm. So yeah, I lived with them for about two or three, uh, two years. And then I moved in with my auntie for maybe a year and then my family moved down. So in 20, I want to say 2015, start of 2016, I moved, they moved down. So yeah. Yeah. Mate, did you have any yeah, challenges very... in, in training to overcome? I mean, so many people have, you know, different weaknesses, even just thinking of my own squad. You know, some people can't kick. Some people, you know, can kick and they can't pull. Some people's underwater is horrendous. Some people dives are very slow turns. Was there anything that, you know, a young Zach had to really improve on? Yeah, man. Well, I think, you know, coming from, coming from a country town, like the level of performance – is obviously very different to when you come into like a city where, you know, there's a lot more, you know, kids that are playing and you kind of get around more kids and you kind of have more people to set yourself against. Um, and in Broome, you didn't really have that. So I think coming down, like the level of performance was unreal and it was something that I had to definitely stick at. And, uh, you know, there was times where I was just like, geez, like I'm nowhere near like skill wise, I'm nowhere near where these guys are mm. like at all. And I just kept thinking in my head, like, you know, is this, is this really for me? And, you know, cause you have like, when I first came into the squad, Eamon Sullivan was like kind of on his last stint there. And there was Yolan Cookler. And I don't know if you know, Garth Cates. No, he was no there. I don't know that name. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, he, yeah, he's obviously, he's a champion butterfly, but he yeah. like, he, obviously trained a lot with Eamon when they went to Sydney and things like that. So, yeah, it's just like a lot of, you know, veteran people that have obviously been around the sport for a really long time. Um, and, yeah, I was just trying to get my head around the fact that, you know, you're not going to be awesome your first year. So I kind of just – and Mick had, a, Mick had a lot to do with, you know, trying to just to just to get me to see where, you know, I am at and where I can be. Mm. So, um, yeah, I kind of just put all my faith into what Mick was saying, and you know, thank- thankfully I did, and thankfully I did have that trust in him um, to get me to get me where I am today. So, yeah. Mate, one stage in your career, you were trying to make you know a national team or a junior team, things like that. Talk to me about yeah. some of the things that you had to change, you know, before it all clicked for you. And we sort of touched on it there, but was it something you know in terms of upping your sessions? Was it you know? Um, getting stuff right away from the pool in terms of, you know, nutrition, prehab type stuff. And I'm assuming coming down from Broome, maybe, you know, doing all your 45-minute prehab stuff before training wasn't always a, a prerequisite. Yeah, no, definitely not. Um, yeah, because in Broome, mate, we trained maybe four times a week, mm. once a day. Like, it wasn't – it was nowhere near <laughs> what I did when I came to Perth. So – I mean, yeah, and I was still, I was quite skinny um, as well. And I think, you know, so I think nutrition wise, yeah, it was just trying to get a bit of size on me. And 
started doing gym regularly and I think a lot of that stuff obviously contributed to you know making those teams um and yeah I think just obviously just having a whole change of environment I think was definitely um yeah just definitely gave me the tools and uh, to to you know make those teams and make those changes definitely in 2016, you make the Australian Oceania team uh, compete yep. over in Fiji, and you did pretty well, I must say. I think you came over like six medals, and five of them were gold, so it's not too shabby. Yeah. Uh, how yeah. confidence building was that meet for you? And did you learn anything, you know, on your first sort of trip away that you didn't already know? Yeah, um, I mean, mate, it was huge. Like it was my first free trip, or pretty much, yeah. pretty much covered. Um, to, you know, a beautiful country of Fiji. The people were awesome. Everyone was awesome. Like the, and, you know, just competition wise, I mean, I remember um, racing Ryan Pinney actually because he was representing Papua New Guinea at the time. And uh, yeah, just because I kind of knew of him, obviously, you know, making the final in Beijing and things like that. Yeah. Um, so he's a pretty big name over there. And uh, yeah, I remember just, you know, trying not to be, afraid of him you know trying just to obviously respect him but i knew that um i think naturally i was just ready to race you know what i mean and i think i just had a lot of confidence from every race i did every race i did and you know just even being in a relay team of you know people that are you know at my standard where you can kind of get that team culture going and things like that so yeah i just learned a lot about you know team camaraderie and um, you know, getting to know, you know, swimmers and swimmers from the East Coast predominantly. And, um, yeah, I've got relationships with, you know, like Zach Stubblethy Cook was on that team yep, yep. in Oceana. So, and I'm still very good friends with him to this day. So He's coming on the podcast next week, Zach. So if you, he is. If very good. Any, if you've got any curly questions for me, just uh, text them to me later and I'll make sure I bring them up. Mate, he's a very interesting man, that guy. <laughs> he will tell you about his meat for days. Oh, that came out wrong. I meant like, you know, steaks and things like that. So we're not going to edit that out, though. That was he, he might do that, but you never know, do you? <laughs> the ratings will go right up, up, that's for sure. <laughs> Mate, um, just, I like to give the listeners a little bit of an insight into, you know, what elite athletes go through in terms of their preparation uh, for a race. Yeah. So give us a little insight into how you and your coach Mick sort of put together a, a race plan for say a hundred meter backstroke. Like, yeah. you know, is it, an, is it all about stroke rates and, and stroke counts and that sort of stuff? Is it just as simple as easy speed on the way out, rip the turn and away you go? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, with me, I like to keep things very simple. Mm -hmm. So he will usually just give me three things like head still, um, stroke rate mm -hmm. um, and then the last 15 turn those legs on as much as they can go and just go for the wall and that's all I think about in the race I just think about head still keep the stroke rate consistent throughout the whole race and the last 15 go for go for it so I think and that's with every race I do so like even 100 free or even um, a 200 free he'll just give me three pointers that I think about throughout the race like before the race and then, yeah, just go for it. But, um, yeah, in terms of, like, you know, superstition or anything before the races or anything like that, um, no, I don't really have much of those. I think, uh, yeah, it's a pretty it's a pretty bad trap to go down if you, if 
keep doing that. Well, see, honest. mate, in my research, I read that you like to do a lap of the pool before the before the meet starts. You like to walk oh. around the pool. Is that true? You did some research, oh, mate. mate. I, I, wow. Nothing gets past me here on the podcast. That is very good. <laughs> that is very good, Robbie. Do you do, you do very that? Good. Do you do that? I used to. Okay. I definitely used to. I think I did stop doing it. Mm. I did it at Commonwealth Games, but yeah. I've stopped doing it the last couple of years. Yeah. I don't think I – and that's just purely because I either forgot or I just wasn't thinking about it. <laughs> you forgot. You know what I mean? That's funny. Yeah. I've been I just doing wasn't really for four thinking. years and then all of a sudden just, oh, I wonder I forgot to do it. I think so, yeah. But then again, I don't th- – then that just must mean I'm not a very superstitious person. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I probably tried to be superstitious mm. and I gave it a go, but – um. Yeah, mate. You're not the well, first that's person. That's, thank Hold you. On. May appreciate it. Pride myself on uh, on my research. <laughs> um, mate, you're not the first person that said that to me though about you know uh, sort of not having a, a pre-race routine or a ritual. Yeah. Um. Is that something that you know the the Australian team talk to you guys about? Because it seems to be now a common you know theme. And I guess looking back to when I was younger and and you know swimmers that I talked to. Um, of that era, you know, they sort of yeah. had things that they used to do. You know, you have to look one way when you get on the blocks and you have to do certain yeah. things with your goggles and, you know, touch your goggles three times and all this sort of stuff. Is yeah, that something yeah, yeah. you guys are getting spoken to about now? Because it seems to be a recurring theme. Yeah. Um, I don't think so. I think the talk, it's more the talk amongst the athletes. And I yeah. think, like, you know, if you talk to, you know, some of the, like, the male athletes, um, we kind of just have the mentality of, like, just do it you know what i mean like don't think about it too much you know like try and just especially in the relays like you know you just try and get around the boys as much as you can and it's kind of that mentality of like i don't know if i can curse but like you know kind of just don't don't be a bitch you know what i mean like just get out there and just smash it you know what i mean and once you go down the road of overthinking things and you know trying to work out if oh my goggles are not sitting on my face right things like, like just forget all that like yeah. just get out there and just race do what you can and just yeah go for it so i think i think unintentionally that's kind of becoming more of a cultural thing just trying to because with the especially with these camps that they're doing the past couple of years um it's been really good actually just trying to get that team that team camaraderie, camaraderie again mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially after the fallout of obviously London and mm. things like that. Yeah. Um, you know, it took you know our culture. You know, it did, it took a really big hit, and I think the moves since then to Rio have been great, and I think it's definitely carrying on again to you know these years. So it's a pretty exciting time, I think. Definitely, mate. Just going back to whether you can curse or not. Uh, in the yeah. first episode of the season with Gian Rooney, she said it really pisses me off, and I thought, well, yeah. that's it. Now that's opened the gates. If Gian right. can get on here and start swearing, well, that's it. Okay. Uh, I'm going to allow it. So, all right, yes, awesome. I'll, I'll, I'll let awesome. that one go through to the keeper. That's fine, <laughs> mate. Thanks, um, mate. What about pre-race playlist? Do you have Do you have any music that you listen to? You know, maybe race day or, or before your race. Yeah, I do. I have a couple of playlists, mate. Yeah, um, yes. oh, I mean, it could be quite embarrassing, but <laughs> why not? Just go for it. No, um, so I have you. Um, my main one 
just pump up. But I have, you know, Till I Collapse, Eminem. Yep. I have uh, Remember the Name, which is pretty good. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you heard that song by no. Fort Minor. No, no. Remember, um, I'm a bit older though too, mate. So, I mean, the listeners yeah. might. But you know, yeah, just because it, well, yeah. it doesn't resonate with me doesn't mean <laughs> doesn't mean you're wrong. Yeah, so I mean, just to get pumped up, it's usually yeah. a lot of rappers like yeah. Kanye West, okay, DMX, yeah, um, yeah, just really like no, nah, well, not too gnarly, but yeah, kind of gets the goosebumps going a bit. So no little pump. All all my swimmers at the moment, I say, who do you listen to? And if everyone's got a little something. Lil this. We had a, a Zoom um, training session the other day and one of the boys goes, yeah. oh, Rob, can you put on some music? I said, yeah, all right, I'll put on some music. What do you want? And it was like, oh, little, little, little Uzi? Yeah. Lil Uzi? Yeah. I don't know who Lil yeah. Uzi is. So Rob anyway, Kate. stupid Rob, um, puts Lil Uzi yeah. on for the kids and here's a little 12-year-olds listening to, well, you know, I'm assuming you know what Lil Uzi must sing about. Anyway, I had to yeah. quickly, quickly turn that right off. So... <laughs> Mate, yeah, I mean, look, yeah, I think, yeah, the rappers aren't <laughs> very creative with their names these days, so, yeah, kind of just have to live with that now, don't we, Robbie, yeah, unfortunately? Well, but, well I, I don't, but the, the, the kid, the kid, um, yeah. mate, 2017, uh, moving away from Little Uzi now, um, yeah, talk yeah. to me about the world champs in Budapest, you know, you made it for the 100 backstroke. What was that experience yep. like? I mean, this was, your, I guess, your first major team. So what was it like yep. over there in Hungary for you? Um, I, I think, you know, because we had a really big, before the meet, we had a really big stint in Europe as well. Like I was all up. I was in Europe for 13 weeks. Nice. So, yeah. So before the, before the actual meet, I think I had, a, I think I had like six weeks. And, you know, we were all over the place. Like, I mean, we are in Barcelona. Um, we went to Paris. We went to Cannes in France. Um, not C-A-N-N-E. It was like C-A-N-E-T, like a real, like it was a, yeah. quite a small country town. So yeah. don't get too excited. Um, <laughs> sure they had been. But, yeah, I think, yeah. So I kind of got to know, you know, a lot of the guys during that time. And, you know, that was always you know, really cool. I mean, like I got to know James Mangston pretty well and, um, you know, all those kind of guys that were on that team. Mm. Um, I became really close with Alex Graham, who's yep. a good friend of mine to, the, to this day. I don't know if you're going to have him soon. Mate, I'm but, trying. Some people just don't get yeah. back to me. So if you could send yeah. him, flick him a text and just oh. say, mate, get back to Robbie on Off the Block. He, 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 nice. likes, he likes to think he's a rock star, Tick. So, <laughs> you know, I'm sure we will is. get him on, mate. I'm sure we will. <laughs> Uh, no, nah. but um, yeah, I mean, just all those guys that I'm really good friends with now, and um, but yeah, just when like obviously when I got to the meet, um, mate, the facility was unbelievable. Like, hungry know how to put on a show for especially swimming, like because they have Katika Hozu, um, yeah, they loved it over there. Yeah. So the crowds were unbel like packed every night. Um, and yeah, cause I, I made it for the four by 100 freestyle relay also. And, um, yeah, I mean, again, like I knew I had to, like, it was more just how I was going, I was quite nervous on how I was going to perform and how, you know, other people were gonna, you know, if they thought that I oh, kind of crumbles when he makes the team and things like that. And, 
you know that that all that kind of stuff was kind of going through my head and looking back on it i wish it i wish it hadn't gone through my head because it obviously um it kind of it kind of messed me up a little bit um but like yeah i was obviously i was so grateful that you know i had that opportunity and you know it's something that's definitely going to stick with me for you know the rest of my life and um and like i was trying to remind myself of you know this time you know three years ago you were swimming in Broome in a 25 meter pool for at the Kimbo open shore course so there was just a lot of things that you know i wish i going but looking back on it, i wish i had just been like cool you're here just do it you know what i mean but you know at that time i was pretty pretty raw i was just really raw mate and i was just um you know, thinking a lot of, you know, what, what the coaches are going to think and, you know, what the other athletes are going to think of my ability and things like that. So, you know, I wouldn't, I, I don't want to say it was a negative experience because, you know, I had an awesome time in Europe and, you know, traveling the world. And it's something that, you know, not a lot of people get the opportunity to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I think I was just a little bit in my, in my own head yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Mate, you mentioned a few of the boys then with with uh, Maggie and 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 Graham. Yeah, talk to me about whether it, you know a lot of other big names. You know, Mac Horton, Mitch Larkin. Did yeah. anyone sort of take you under their wing and and give you some advice? You know, during the rate during the meet and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. Oh, I forgot to actually talk about Mac. Um. But yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Me and me and Mac became very close also, and I just kind of all I spoke to him about was that Rio that Rio race yeah. in the four, in the 400 free and the way he, you know, approached that race was unbelievable. Like he kind of just had the confidence after the heat. I remember him telling me after the heat, the whole day, he was just saying like, I've got this, like mm-hmm. I've got this race, no matter what happens, I've got it. And, you know, he probably is going to, he probably forgets that, but you know, it still sticks with me today of just how powerful the mind can be during mm-hmm stressful times like that yeah and you know it's just all about if you want to let your mind wander or you want to keep it on one thing and go out and execute and it's definitely you know something that's definitely stuck with me to this day obviously a year down the track we go to the commonwealth games on the gold coast 2018 a massive yep. meet for you you know firstly i want yep. to talk about the home crowd and and the atmosphere was that something you you know you had to adjust to uh, try and stay focused, or, or did you embrace it and, and use it to your advantage? Uh, I think, mate, it was pretty hard to ignore it, obviously, yeah. but <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah. Um, yeah, I just block it out, but I definitely, I think I, I would say I probably embraced it. Yeah, I think just hearing that roar, like, hard not to get goosebumps even thinking about it today, like, mm. and just the support that, everyone had like it felt i obviously wasn't there in sydney but you know if you want to put a comparison to it it's obviously the same kind of energy like yeah. with that commonwealth games and the gold coast and um you know even getting to fill you know that pretty small pool like the way that they did was awesome and like the team atmosphere was awesome and like it it definitely gave me a bit more confidence to being like, yeah, you're actually a part of the Australian golf and swim team. Mm. And that was definitely something that, you know, I wish I had in Budapest the year before, but I think that that may kind of 
you know, gave me that confidence to be like, yeah, look, you belong here now. And, um, yeah, I still remember hearing the – because I was lucky enough, obviously, to get one, two, three Australia in that 50 backstroke. Mm. And just to be on that podium and have, you know, the national anthem being sung and everyone singing, oh, like, I'm pretty sure I teared up a little bit, actually, so <laughs> – Mate, you're um, only human. I, th- I think we all would have a moment like that. Oh, yeah, and it was awesome. Like, and I had, you know, my parents came down and um, they they said that they told me that they brought my grandparents, but I had no recollection of recoll- recollection of that. Yeah. So when I did the the lap, yeah, after the national anthem, you know, I was very surprised that my grandparents came, and obviously I lost it there. Oh, so. nice. Yeah, nice just. Surprise. Oh, it would have been awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. And, you know, yeah, just moments like that, um, I think it's it's really nice to look back on. And, um, yeah, yeah. Hey, talk to me about the mental side of it. I'm interested um, in terms of, you know, 2017 to 2018 and you say, you know, yeah. you're a bit more prepared and ready for it and you wished, you know, you were as prepared a year uh, previous was there anything that you did personally or you and your coach worked on in the meantime to sort of you know mentally prepare yourself for the you know certain things that you had to go through or was it just you know 2017 was the experience you sort of needed to have to to then you know mature i guess and and move on yeah um i think uh it was definitely I think I did just kind of say, look, that was just that was just my experience here, you know. And obviously, after that, I did see a sports psych a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was like it's not that it took a mental, like it wasn't a massive mental thing that I couldn't get over. Yeah. Like it was just, it was just more of hadn't been in that situation before, very raw, mm-hmm. like unbelievably raw. And you know, it was just more about executing. What I had learned, and not, you know, letting the letting the moment take over. You know what I mean? And that was definitely things that I took away from my psych meeting, and um, it was definitely something that, yeah, I I put towards the Commonwealth Games, and definitely in that race as well. So, so yeah. did they just give you, I guess, tools to to sort of handle things a little bit better? in terms of, you know, the atmosphere, in terms of the pressure, in terms of all that sort of stuff, and without getting too personal, so leave out anything that is, um, what what were little key, you know, triggers or little little focus points that you had to kind of think about? Um, It was time, like, so there was a, there was just one, one big one that I did, and it was when, whenever I'm swimming and whenever I'm, so say if I'm warming up for my race in a, like in a, in a competition and like obviously you're swimming and I think some swimmers might be able to relate to this. I'm not too sure, but sometimes you get, you just get this shock down your body while you're swimming of just like goosebumps and you're just like, you're ready to go. Yep. And I used to get that all the time and I still get it now, even in training, I'll just be like, I have a vision of me on the podium. Number one, like, like I have that feeling of like winning mm. And then, so I had that a lot. And that one, one thing that my psych told me, because I obviously told him about that, and that he just told me to be like, as soon as you, as soon as that comes into your head and you're feeling that way, just say something about your technique that you're doing at the time. So just say, 
long stroke. And that's all like that's all I would say in my head. Yeah. As soon as I would like get ahead of myself or anything like that, it would just be, All right, focus on the long stroke now, capture the water, get that feel back. And yeah, I think that was pretty much the biggest tool that I yeah. still do to this day. So trying so. to be more uh, I guess process orientated rather than outcome. Definitely. And yeah, obviously just not trying to get ahead of myself yeah. as well was a pretty big one. Yeah. Hey, talk yeah. to me about your coach, Michael Palfrey. Um, what's he like as a coach and, and what might people, you know, like myself, not know about him? I mean, I spoke to Brianna the other day, but give me your take on, on Mick as a coach. Um, oh, I think Mick's a, your typical country guy. I mean, he grew up on a farm. Um, and, yeah, he's just a really – in the like, if you don't really know him, he comes across as a pretty tough guy. Um, but – like with me, obviously my relationship with Mick, um, I would say is a little bit different to, you know, the other guys in the squad, mainly because he he started me, you know, when I was very, very raw and, you know, I had to put unbelievable amount of trust in him. And when I first came into the squad, you know, Wace were very doubtful of him bringing me into the squad and he copped a lot of, you know, crap for it. And, you know, the fact that he had my back through that whole thing and he, you know, he really stuck his neck out for me and, you know, he really had that ability in me and he, he never, he never like would show it towards me and he never put that pressure on me of like, Oh yeah, I'm getting all this shit. Like yeah. you need to perform. You know, he always just, he was very patient with me. And he was uh, unbelievable towards me through those, you know, first couple of years coming into Perth. So I cannot thank him enough, and he knows that. And, you know, just as a coach, he's just – he's very patient, um, and but he always will get more out of you than what you thought you had. And I think as a coach, that's very important. And I think, obviously, you know – Honestly, he like he he will flirt with you know the line of being overly, you know he goes overboard at times. Mm -hmm. But like during preseason and things like that, yeah. when you're kind of doing a lot of dry land stuff and things like that, and you know there's been sessions where you know I just want to hit him. But <laughs> there's other times where you know he's a very, you know he can talk to you about anything. Like he's he's helped me through a lot of things outside of the pool as well, and. You know, just him as a person where he's just a very, he's a very people person. Like, he'll sit down and talk with you for, you know, an hour or however long you need. And I think that's really important to have. Um, and, yeah, he obviously, he, you know, he gets the athlete life as well because he was an athlete himself. Yeah. He was a Paralympian as well. So, um, and, yeah, I think that's pretty much Mate, he, he obviously, um, you know, just listening to Brianna talk about him and yourself, he obviously, um, you know, knows you guys individually as well and knows how to get the best out of you. And obviously, yeah. as you spoke about there, doesn't always treat you the same as everyone else or doesn't treat, you know, the, everyone else the same as he would you because he understands, um, you know, that uh, different strokes for different folks. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, it's not – he doesn't look at you as – like he, he believes that he he has, you know, a vision in his head where 
you know, you don't have to be really good to train with him. Like he will train with you and try and get you to where you can be potentially. Mm. You know what I mean? He doesn't, he doesn't, you know, which, you know, probably a lot of coaches do that, but there's definitely people where me, one of them were definitely questionable to be in the squad. And, you know, he kind of just sticks with it, sticks with it, Mm. sticks with it and tries to get you the, you know, the best that you can be. And I think that's, really cool and i think that's really important to for him to do that definitely because awesome yeah and like you know and it's brought a lot of kids from my area and you know there's been a few other kids that i think there's one kid in caratha that came down and there's another girl you know from up north that all these pilbara towns where you know kind of swimming wa didn't really have much involvement and, you know, when I came down, all of a sudden, you know, there was a few people that were, you know, kind of trying to reach out to those Pilbara areas and trying to, you know, starting programs in those Pilbara areas. So I think, you know, the, the you know, kind of small things like that can um, really help and, you know, definitely find, you know, talent up there because, you know, there's there's proof that there there are, you know, kids that, do have the talent to perform and they're just not get, being recognised, unfortunately. Absolutely, so, but, mate. Well, you'd be one yeah. of the proof of that. So, mate, yeah. talk to me about some of the toughest sets you've done. So we mentioned Mick just there. What, what are some of the sets that, that you do with yeah. him that just sort of get you vomiting or just thinking, no, I'm not doing that again? Yeah. Uh, well, thankfully, I haven't vom- – I'm not a vomiter. Okay. So right. That's good. That's it's good very start. good. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll thank my – Respiratory system for that, <laughs> but uh, no, I um, there was a, there was there was a few sets, but there was this uh, there was this dry land session that we did, and it took two and a half hours, and God, I can't God. even remember what was in it. But there, Mick tells this story to this day where he comes into the I'm in the change room. I've been in the shower for maybe fifteen minutes, mm-hmm. and. He's walked in and I'm fully clothed under the shower and I'm not moving and <laughs> I'm facing the wall yeah. and he's walked in and he's just walked and I don't even know he walked in, but yeah, <laughs> there's, yeah, there's sets like that all the time, but I just, yeah, I mean, I get pretty quiet and <laughs> don't want anything to do with him, but <laughs> I think, um, yeah, I, I can't, there's not really one set where I can actually remember to mm. be honest but there's been definitely what did brianna say did, did brianna answer this question oh, now you're putting me back on the spot i can't, I can't <laughs> done a few interviews can't since remember. then uh oh, it may have been something like the 10 400s and stuff like that that she she yeah. used to do or things like that maybe but yeah because she she came from a pretty big distant program yeah before yeah, she yeah. came to us so but yeah. Mate, what do you get up to away from the pool i, I read somewhere uh, you love to bodyboard what, what else do you get up to um, bodyboard. Oh, mate, that's the same page where I heard that you're a ping pong table champion. So don't blame Jeez. me. <laughs> what am I answering, mate? Far out. What an idiot. Hey, bodyboard. Hey, just, Putting me just, on the spot. Let's go with it. That sounds great. Whatever. Yeah, why not? Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I like all sports. Like, I watch any sport. Um, I'm pretty big into NFL. Okay. Um, I really, really like watching that kind of stuff. But hobby-wise, I mean, I've um, I've dabbled a little bit in uh, stand-up comedy, okay. and yeah, like that kind of performing, 
kind of stuff nice. on stage. Yeah. Um, I've done a few open mics. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Like I, it, like I try and write jokes a lot of the time and, um, it's definitely something that I'll look into after swimming for sure. Um, and yeah, I think, um, and I kind of watch a lot of stand up comedians and I watch a lot of Jim Carrey back in the day and his kind of performing arts and stuff, stuff like that. And, um, yeah, it's definitely something that I'm for sure interested in. So that's probably the main, you know, thing that I'm trying to do with my time mm. outside of, yeah, outside hey, do of you the watch, sport. Um, do you watch uh, comedians in cars getting coffee? Have I have watched that? a few episodes, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. one of my favorites. I watched, yeah, the, the best episode I watched was uh, the one where he did with, with Kramer. That was pretty cool. Oh, is that on there? I haven't seen that one. Have you not seen no, that? I might have to. Mate, he's done a few now, so I kind of my yeah. favorite's Ricky Gervais because he's just right. he's one of my favorite. He's you know, he's comedians. awesome. Yeah, yeah. And he's just he's so intelligent. Best. I could just listen to yeah. him talk about anything all day. Um, and, well, that's that's the yeah. No, go yeah, sorry, it. go for it. Well, that's the thing with you know funny guys. A lot of people don't actually know, but they're actually quite intelligent people. Mm. Like if you think about a guy that I really idolize and. Um, Sasha Baron Cohen, like mm-hmm. his yeah. characters, obviously they're quite out there and yeah. quite stupid. But Just if you, bit. yeah, if you get <laughs> if you get an interview with him where he's not in character, yeah. he's actually a very intelligent guy. He's a very interesting guy as well. And um, you know, there's something that you know, like even with I'm a really big fan of Chris Lilly as well, mm-hmm. um, the guy that did Summer High Time stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I've listened to a podcast of him and, you know, they're just really interesting guys and, you know, that, that kind of, you know, making something out of nothing, like with characters like that is, um, yeah, something that I'd love to dabble in for sure at some point in my life. So, but I don't know if it'll happen. You mentioned Sasha Baron Cohen there. Yeah. And as soon as you said that, uh, all I thought of was, um, the dictator and the, the hundred meter sprint and where they take off, and then he just starts he shooting everyone, everyone <laughs> and, then, and then runs across the line oh. uh, and celebrates his great victory. And I just very thought that funny. was hilarious. Yeah, he's a very funny man. <laughs> Mate, talking very about other man. sports and, and you like uh, NFL as well, have you been watching the, yeah. the Michael Jordan documentary? Oh, I was actually going to bring this up towards you at some point yeah. in this in this podcast. But yeah, I have, I have been. It's been awesome. He's... He is like the way he the way he approaches the game is something that I think a lot of athletes should listen to mm. and should definitely take away something from that. Um, and yeah, the, the main thing that I've taken away from it is the way. Obviously, there was a lot of pressure on him to you know win a championship with the Bulls where. He was obviously getting compared a lot to Magic Johnson and Larry Bird and things like that. And people were thinking that he couldn't break through and win that championship. And, you know, he had to overcome the bad boys of the Detroit Pistons and stuff like that. And, you know, the, you know he could de- he could have obviously rolled over and been like, whatever, I'll just, you know, get all the individual accolades of NBA. Mm-hmm. But... He kind of just, he was like, right, what do I have to do? So he put on muscle. He mentally became stronger. He had, obviously, he brought in Scottie Pippen, so he was there with him. And then 
yeah, he just made all the right steps to overcome that hurdle. And I think it's pretty inspiring of how he did it. And um, I can't, it, I hate that it's coming out weekly. I hate that it's coming out weekly because you have to wait every week. But it's just the same in our house. We um oh, we sit it's there unbelievable. We, yeah. we're waiting for the next episode. They only put out yeah. two. And and I think, you know, similar to you, and one thing that I think a lot of people can take away from it is that no doubt he was, you know, you know the most talented basketball player of all time. But his will to win, just his competitive nature, and I can only, you know, uh, you know, I'm a, a rugby league guy. So for me, it's someone like yeah. a Jonathan Thurston who just every play – no matter what the score was, I can't remember exactly the game because my um, my memory is is not that great. But there was a, yeah, yeah. a game in in on the documentary where they were behind, and he was saying that you know all the teammates were kind of going, "Oh well, you know this is it," and he's going, "No, that's not yeah. it. What are you on about? Yeah. We still have time yeah. to win this game." And he's yeah. just such a competitor, and I I think you know a, apart from all of the the natural talent, and this goes to to swimmers as well. You know, if you don't yeah. have that that mongrel in you, that that will to win, that you know, desire to do anything, you know, uh, required, it's probably not going to go your way. Yeah, definitely, definitely, and you know, yeah, I think that game was. Um, I think even the coach was like, "Oh yeah, well, there's always the next game," yeah. but he's like, "Nah, like yeah. you know," and just to have, you know, courage to actually go out and do them to, to him. It's probably not even courage. It's probably just like, no, I just want to win. Yeah. Like he's probably not even thinking about, you know, because it takes a lot of courage to have to be that alpha male in this in the team. And I think, obviously, he was just a naturally just wanted to win and didn't care what people thought of him. And I think that's um, it. Does take pretty big courage to have that desire to win that much that you don't care how you're viewed and. That's definitely something that I've taken away from that also. Um, mate, I'm going to move on to the next question because, to be honest, I had about five more things lined up to talk to you about about that documentary. I'm like, if we, we will just talk for another hour on this because I, I love oh, that show. Absolutely. Um, yeah, definitely. Mate, how do you find the balance of, of training and, and life? Um, you know, obviously you get up to a few other things outside and you've got your stand-up comedy stuff that you're working on and a few other things. You know, how do you yeah. strike the balance and making sure you, you're giving everything, you know, 100% of what you can? Um, yeah, I think um, I've learned that I am a person that struggles to do multiple things at a high level because mm -hmm. um, I have tried to do uni and things like that during swimming and it just didn't work. Like I just... I obviously I'd, I'd I'd slack off in uni and then you know I'd put a bit more energy in uni but then I'd be really tired during training and stuff like that. So um, you know it was it was a pretty difficult decision, but I kind of ultimately obviously I chose swimming. Um, but so early on, those you know there's there's a couple of years there where you know I was finding the balance really tricky and I couldn't find anything that. I was really passionate about outside of swimming, you know what I mean? And I think ever since I have started, you know, I know I mentioned it, but I, I have started this stand-up stuff. It's mm. made me a lot happier and it's made me, because um, it's something that I'm truly passionate about. I think, you know, I never wanted to do uni just for the sake of doing uni, you know what I mean? Like I wanted to be fully passionate about it and, Obviously, 
that's probably the reason why I kind of chose swimming over uni because I was just kind of doing it just for a balance. Mm. You know what I mean? And I think with this, when I, you know, when I'm writing jokes and I'm, you know, I do, I, at some point I actually want to start a podcast myself and I want to, you know, kind of do this kind of format stuff. And it does, it doesn't feel like I'm balancing anything because I'm, I'm really passionate about, you know, writing down ideas and, you know, writing down jokes and even writing down skits and writing down characters and things like this. Like it's really something that makes me happy and it, and I'm not thinking about doing it. I'm just doing it. And, you know, it's, yeah, it's, and it's obviously like you can kind of choose your own hours, which is pretty cool as well. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, I think in terms of balance, you know, just the, these last, you know, couple of years, maybe year and a half, I've kind of been doing, dabbling in this kind of stuff, mm. and it's definitely made me happier and, you know, a better athlete, I think, as well. Mate, it's, uh, it's that For old sure. saying, isn't it? If you if you can find something you love to do as a job, you'll never work a day in your life. That's and, it. And I That's absolutely it. agree with that. And, you know, we were just talking before yeah. about how busy um, I've been lately with the podcast and I actually, yeah. you know, I'm happier than, than ever because I, you know, I just get sit, to sit down and have conversations with you guys. Like it's, yeah. this isn't work to me. The, the research yeah. I do is, um, you know, is all interesting and, 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 you know, mentally stimulating. And then this, you know, the chats we have is, is awesome as well. Um, yeah. Definitely. Mate, when you hang up the togs, and I know we just talked about the stand-up career and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, have you put much thought into, you know, where life might take you outside of that? Do you have any other sort of goals and aspirations? Yeah. Um, so I think I will take um, – I'll just see where I take this, you know, this kind of comedy stuff, to be honest, Robbie. And I think I've got a plan where – I kind of want to travel to New York because they have a really big um, comical culture over there. And I just want to kind of see where, you know, just kind of do like maybe stand up mics around that area and kind of go to, you know, like comedy stores over there and just see what, see what it's all about. And, um, you know, hopefully I come back and, you know, I've, I definitely want to start a podcast and I want to start, um, even like maybe even acting like mm. stuff like that so i think like there's no i'm not even trying to like put a set goal on what i want to do after swimming all i know is that i definitely want to take you know this comedy stuff really seriously and put a lot of effort into it afterwards so you know just see where it takes me Man, definitely it sounds awesome that um you know the goal of going to to new york um yeah Talking to just talking about that that comedians in cars getting coffee. Um, yeah, there was oh, I can't remember the the guest he had on there, but he was saying that um, could have been Chris Rock. I can't remember, but yeah. anyway, I digress. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they, he was just saying, you know, he'd wake up for breakfast at like six p.m. That was his breakfast, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, and then he'd he'd go and do his first show at like eight p.m. Then he'd go to another show somewhere at you know, 12 p.m., then he'd, he'd stack, stick around and do another one at 2 p.m. and he wasn't getting <laughs> home till 5 or 6 in the morning. Yeah. And then, you know, he'd, he'd sleep during the day. So, I mean, I don't know if the times have cha- changed since Chris Rock was, was there, but uh, that lifestyle sounds pretty fun. Yeah, oh, mate, like, I think it has changed a little. Like, I think, um, you know, comedians these days, like, 
I don't know if you know a lot of, you know, American comedians, but um, there's a few really big ones like Chris D'Elia. I don't know if you've heard of him, but um, he's got a few specials on Netflix. So definitely recommend checking him out. Um, but yeah, he, he's got his own podcast and that's kind of what he does during the week. And then he just tours, like he would just tour, you know, cities all around the place. And um, he's based in LA. So he goes to the like the very famous comedy store in LA there and, that's kind of his life. Like he kind of just goes around, makes people laugh, mm. you know, does the podcast, you know, goes on other people's podcast, like other comedians podcast. Like they all have this kind of group, which is, um, yeah, really cool. And it's a, definitely a, a culture that I want to be a part of someday for sure. Well, yeah. mate, I'm going to hit you up for a gig on that podcast when you get it up and running. So, you know, yeah, I've, I've, I've had can, you on mine, should, so. Yeah. That'd be awesome. I definitely want to stay in touch with them on how to, you know, conquer this podcast. Well, mate, I don't know what I'm conquering, but, you know, we're, we're, giving, it, we're giving it a red hot crack. I hope you're doing well. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Better stick with it. It'd be awesome. Mate, I, I, I'd like to get a bit of an insight into the Australian team. So I always like to finish it off with some, some questions about... Uh, in terms of you know who the funniest people are, who the best singers yep. and dancers are. So what I'm going to do is I'll give you a sentence, and then I mean I... the funniest is no brainer, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Let's, well, you, let's not I, get into that one, right? I mean, you can, you can put yourself. That's fine. That's fine. It's not getting <laughs> a big head at all. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'll start the sentence, and then yeah, you chuck out. Uh, you know the the person you best think suits it. So we'll oh, start. Oh God! With, all right, go for it. We'll start with funniest person on the team is. Alex Graham. Alex Graham, right there. So, what is it? Is he just quick witted, a good banter? He's just an idiot. I love it. <laughs> oh, that's the best. Fantastic. What about <laughs> my biggest pest on the team? Um, um yeah, not me. Definitely me. <laughs> mate, what about leader or leaders of the team? Oh. Um, Tommy Tommy Fraser Holmes, big TFH. Yeah, top bloke. Love him. I spoke to him Love the other him. week too, and he was. Yeah, like, I left that conversation thinking, what a nice guy. Oh, you can't you can't go wrong with him, can you? Yeah. Awesome, top bloke, and we had a great chat. Um, mate, what about the best singer or dancer on the team? Oh, I haven't actually heard anyone sing or dance. You haven't been out on a night out with some of the. Some of the crew? Oh, well, I mean, yeah, it's me then. But I don't <laughs> want to say me because, I, yeah, I, I, I'll lose some of the vocals when I've had a few. Yeah, but other yeah. than that, I mean, Because I mean, oh, you go, you're singing, you're dancing, you're, you're yeah. acting, you're going to be in the next. I think Trav, Trav Mahoney can bust a move. Okay. I'll give him that. He can cut yeah, a rug? I'll give him that. Yeah, on a, on a night out, he can bust one. <laughs> and, mate, what about the person who gives you the best advice? Is there anyone that you sort of go to when you're looking for words of wisdom? Yeah, um, I'd definitely say Mac Horton and Kyle Chalmers. They're a tie for me, definitely. Yeah, bit of a name drop, but yeah, what can you do? Yeah, it's all right, mate. It's all right. <laughs> they've earned it. I'm sure they've earned it. Um, <laughs> Mate, when we redo this this interview in two years' time and I get you back on, what other accomplishments would you like me to put at the opener at the beginning alongside, you know, Com Games medalist? Oh, wow. Um, hopefully Olympian. Yep. Uh, and, yeah, 
Uh, Olympian. And. Mm. <laughs> well, I want to say like comedian, but I don't think I'll be doing that in a couple of years. Olympian but and podcast hopefully. host. Successful maybe. podcast host. I mean, maybe. We'll see. But <laughs> definitely Olympian. An Olympian medalist. We'll go with that. How about that? That's it. You gotta set That's the goals high and oh. I like it. Um Jesus. <laughs> Now, mate, I'm going to put you on the spot because obviously you've, you've talked yourself up in terms of being a comedian uh, and, and your jokes. Have I'm you, not doing a joke. No, nah, have you not got doing one? it. Have you got one? No. See, okay, I do, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's more storytelling. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you, you mean. You kind of have to be, kind of have to be in the moment. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. But. I don't really have one-liners, okay. so I understand I'm mean. sorry to the fans of the no, off the blocks of me. Mate, they've but, all just um, turned off now, but that's okay. I know, <laughs> I know. It's probably gonna, it's probably gonna dim the ratings a little bit, but. Uh, mate, to be honest with I you, I might it. edit that part out so it doesn't sound as, cre- as <laughs> creepily awkward. Um, <laughs> I think Fair we'll enough. wrap it up there, mate. Um, thank you very yeah. much for agreeing to come on the show for a chat. I really appreciate you taking the time out and coming on to share some of your stories. No worries at all. And I think I think it's awesome that we touched on it before, but I think it's awesome that you're actually trying to reach out to more of the WA crowd and obviously trying to get that, you know, connection with the East Coast and the West Coast. And, um, yeah, I think it's an awesome thing that you're doing, mate. So really well done. And, um, you know, hopefully this is just the beginning. Mate, thank you very much. Appreciate uh, the pat on the back and, and good luck over no the worries. next few months there in training and isolation and staying motivated, mate, and ultimately getting back in the pool at some point soon. God help us. Hopefully no we'll get in soon. Yeah. Mate, you go back and try to secure your spot for 2021 in Tokyo. Um, mate, until then, though, thank you very much for coming on Off the Block Swimming Podcast. Thank you very much, Robbie. Thank you very much. You Back to you, mate, also. So. <laughs> Mate, yeah. you're killing it. You'll be a podcast host in no time. Smashed it, didn't I? Today's episode of Off the Block Swimming Podcast is proudly powered, as always, by Pro Swim Workouts. The week of Zach's continues this Friday when EP23 comes out. Our chat with Brisbane and Australian champion breaststroker and Pampax medalist, Mr. Zach Stublity Cook. A great and honest interview with a tremendous athlete you will not want to miss. Also, we are getting closer and closer to revealing our massive new partnership with a huge sponsor coming on the show I know you will all be excited about. The countdown is on and all will be revealed on Monday, June the 1st. So keep your ears and eyes out for that one. Until then, guys, stay glued to our Off The Block Swimming Podcast social media pages for all the latest news and updates. Feel free to get in contact with us by DMing us on Facebook and Instagram or even by email at offtheblockswimmingpodcast at hotmail.com. Enjoy the rest of your week at work or school and it's bye for now. I just want to-